Yes, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Give him sweet words of worship this morning. Say it again. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you. Just want to tell you. That I love you. And I love you. More. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. Worship him for yourself this morning. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you. Yes, Lord, that I love you. Don't be ashamed to tell him. Don't be ashamed to tell him. Don't be ashamed to tell him you love him. Say it again. <laughs> I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you, Lord. Just want to tell you that I love you. Yes, Lord. Been so good, been so kind. Say it again. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, because you cared about a wretched soul like me. I don't know about you, but I know the love of God personally. Yes. I know where God has brought me from. So we ask that every heart in the building reflect on the goodness of God as we touch our neighbor and go to God as a collective. Let us pray. Oh, most holy God, we come now humbled before your presence. We're humbled because you have been so good and so kind to us. We're humbled because you put food on our tables this morning, clothes on our back. We're humbled because you allowed us to wake up this morning. We're humbled because you didn't have to do it, but you did. So now, dear God, we ask that you pour out your spirit We ask that you cover us and allow the burdens and the toils of this week be removed, set aside. And dear God, at the appropriate moment, we ask that you open up the path and allow us to lay our burdens down. 
in order that we can receive what you have desired for us to have this morning. We ask that you bless the man of God for the hour, bless his family. We ask that the word that you have planted deep in his heart, we ask that it go from heart to heart and breast to breast and change lives this morning, dear God, in order that we transform this community. Now, dear God, we ask that everything that is done here be done here in decency and in order. Dear God, we ask a number of things of you, but we know we serve a great God. So we ask this morning that you hear this prayer that's uttered in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let every heart in the building say amen, amen, amen and amen. lot to say thank you Lord and we have a lot of saying amen it's just good to be here isn't that right this time we're going to move on in our service and we ask that we prepare now for the congregation hymn but just prior to that we're going to ask you all to please stand and let's do the response to reading together may we stand and may we read together the Lord is patient with you not wanting any to perish, but all to come to rest. Isn't that wonderful? Let's say that again like we really, really mean it. Not but all to come Amen. And our congregation hymn this morning is one that I think you already know anyway, but you'll see the words on the on the billboard back there. Jesus is on the main line. Let's sing it together. Tell him what, come on everybody sing, Jesus on the main, you ought to tell him, you just call him up, let's say that again, Jesus is on the main line, you ought to tell him, oh Jesus is on. You ought to tell him what I'm so glad that Jesus is on You ought to tell him Oh, you just call him up and tell him what Verse 2 was to say If you want your body healed You ought to tell him Oh, if you want your body you can tell him what If you want Body heal You can tell him what Oh, you just call him up Oh, if you want your soul revived Tell him Oh, if you want so revive, tell him, I'm so glad if you want, he can do it, tell him, all you gotta do is call him, call him up and 
you, but I've never known him to lose a case. Amen. We thank you so very much for your presence and for your participation. At this time now, we're going to pause for a few announcements, and we ask that you please just know that the Lord is good to us. We are here from last week, and he is awfully good, and we have a lot to be thankful for. We're going to ask that you just be reminded that there is a film that will take place here at K uh, next Saturday. This is the film uh, for Brother Bonnie Larry, and we ask you again to pray for that family and to do all you can to help them get through the difficult time. I ask that you also continue to pray for the Buchanan family. We know that that service has already passed, but the hurt has not, so we ask you to pray for them. Also, we ask you to pray for our own Brother Gross, and he is here this morning. Stand up, Brother Gross, and we'll see you. Stand up, Brother Gross. Amen. God bless you. Just, just, I, think he was, I think he was told to sit and be still. Also, we ask that you please uh, pray for the Urban family. It's my understanding that uh, Brother Urban lost his sister, and we ask that you please pray for that family. If you've not gone through that yet, just keep on living. Amen? Also, we ask that you just, and we all, all, Ways just thankful for all that we do around here and all that you do down here this morning. And it's just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I'm referring basically to the revival that we had this past week. We thank our pastor for putting that together. And it was a wonderful opportunity. Amen. So we ask again that you just continue to pray. And that is something that you can't get along without. This time now we're going to ask for some additional announcements from the media. Media? You on? Good morning, K Chapel. The Fall Youth Retreat will take place this upcoming Friday and Saturday on October the 26th and 27th at the Twin Lakes Camp and Conference Center. All youth ages 12 through 18 are welcome to attend. Please stop by the Old Fellowship Hall for more information. Class 10A is collecting new and gently used twin or full-size blankets for donation to the Billy Brumfield Shelter for Men. You may submit your blankets by placing them in the marked box in the Fellowship Hall anytime between now and November the 4th or by contacting a member of Class 10A. The recipients may need to travel with their belongings throughout the winter months, so we ask that you do not submit full bedding sets or lightweight throws as these are not quite as warm as blankets. This is a great opportunity for families, couples, friends, and other ministries to join together in supplying the needs of the less fortunate in our community. We look forward to your support. The annual Miss and Little Miss Kate Chapel pageant will take place here at Kate on December the 9th at 3 p.m. If you're interested in participating, please make note of these pageant candidate requirements. Girls must be between the ages of 9 and 18 
active in the youth department, academically responsible, demonstrate Christian character, exhibit a positive behavior, and have a willingness to serve. If you're interested in learning more about the pageant, please contact us at Lynn Ballou. Please be sure to mark your calendars and join us next Sunday on October the 28th at 3 p.m. for our deacon ordination and installation. Our deacon candidates are Brother Perry Allen, Brother Ken Brown, Brother Lawrence Campbell Sr., Brother Steve Collins, Brother Morris Dixon Jr., Brother Bryant Guy, and Brother James Williams. Please be in prayer for these candidates and make plans to join us here at Cade at 3 p.m. on Sunday, October the 28th. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen. We ask that you again take those under consideration and do what thus said the Lord. Amen. We're going to recognize our visitors, but just before we do, we have something that we are all glad of and proud of. Sister Mary Pondexter, where are you? Mary, where are you? Come on down. Okay. Okay. She's been here before, but we're glad to have her back. Now, at this time, we're going to ask all of our visitors, if you would, please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, please stand up. God bless you. Won't you remain standing for just a moment? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Fitzers, we want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Reginald Buck, and Professor Minister and Hart Buck, and the entire K Chapel family, we're just so happy that you chose to worship with us today. If you're just visiting, please come anytime and schedule out. But if by chance you're looking for a church home, before you leave, just say we're going to try to convince you you just found home. And while you're standing, we're going to give you something you're going to get here at K Chapel Mission at Baptist Church. <laughs>
Amen. We have a special person in the audience this morning that we'll introduce just a little bit later. But I understand there's a couple of quick announcements. If so, please come. Good morning, Case Chapel. To Pastor Buckley and Poor Pit guests, I am Linda Stewart. I am a committee of the Youth Retreat. We are requesting all parents to register their children for the Youth Retreat. It is for all youth ages 12 to 18. We will be at Twin Lake at October the 26th and 27th. At the church service this morning, please come and see me in the Old Fellowship Hall and complete a registration form. Thank you. Another. I thought there were two. If not, amen. We, we thank God for all of you this morning. And we have so, so, so much to be thankful for. Amen. There's some special issues that you might want to just get take home with you on your way out if you can get those in the foyer. And uh, you'll be you'll have those that you can digest and see what they may mean to you and your family. Amen. I believe these are announcements now. At this time, we're going to pause for a time and hour of service where, again, we all can participate. And just remember one thing. You can't be God-given. Amen. Amen. We're going to ask that you prepare now to give as you have been so blessed. And, again, just please know you can't be God-given. Amen. We're going to have some words from the pulpit, and this choir is going to give us some good paying music. Amen. Do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it, when it is in your power to act. The word of God for the people of God. Choir, ushers.
The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered our very minds. The great, wonderful, and good things that the Lord has in store for those people who live according to his purpose. I went to the Bahamas. I saw some real nice mansions down there. But the Bible said we ain't seen nothing yet. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you. Thank you that it doesn't end on this side. Lord God, we thank you that there is a reward for all of us that live according to your purpose. And for that, we are thankful. Thank you now, Lord, for this offering which has been raised. We ask that you will bless it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Ladies, look up front, please. Ladies, so I won't have to do this after the end of service. Ladies, check your ears. Amen. This time now, we're going to have the final selection for the morning, and I know it will help to prepare for the sermon that's coming forth. So we ask that you pray for the choir, pray for yourself, and pray for others. Amen. This choir is going to come now with the final selection for the morning. We have a special lady here. We can't leave her without just knowing that Miss Childs is here this morning, 81 years old, and she's at church. So that's a, that's a blessing this morning. Amen. Amen. And I don't know if I have anything to do with this young lady. Good morning. The best is yet to come. A vision was born after prayer one night, and it became Breast Cancer Sunday. Choir, you may be seated. I'm sorry, that's the president coming out. Um, a vision was born after prayer one night, and it became Breast Cancer Sunday. We have some very special guests representing various churches and support groups in the area. At this time, I'm going to ask all of the breast cancer survivors and those who are still in the fight to please stand. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming, and don't forget we have something very special for you immediately after service. Um, I would also like to recognize those who may have left this earthly home but gained in the internal. There are two organizations who are not present but wanted to send special greetings to our visitors on this day. They are Anita Bales, Mississippi Grassroots Manager from the American Cancer Society in Jackson, and last but not least, Elaine Hare, CEO of the Susan G. Coleman Memphis, uh, Mid-South Mississippi chapter in Tennessee who wrote to us and I quote greetings to K Chapel MB Church in honor of breast cancer recognition we are so grateful for all of you that have faced this challenge of this disease and come through to the other side praise the Lord end quote we would also like to thank Healthcare Medical Supply in Ridgeland as well as Survive Mississippi with the University Medical Center hearing the diagnosis is the title of the book in the beginning of your journey 
And we understand that living the diagnosis consists of the chapters to be written after. Society refers to you as survivors, but the Voices of Love would like to refer and honor you as soldiers on this day. Like 2 Timothy 4.7, you have fought the good fight, you have finished the race, and you have kept the faith. We would like to encourage everyone to go get tested and go to your doctor. Also, please support research and organizations that promote a race for the cure. For the cure excuse me. Now I'm going to ask the Voices of Love to stand. Those that are in the choir stand and those around the sanctuary, please stand. We want to tell the soldiers in the building that God never takes away what he cannot replace. We also want to remind you that the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to the one who endures to the end. Voices, you may be seated. Our next song selection is entitled Healing by Richard Smallwood. We pray that the words minister to your body, mind, and spirit. You will forever be in our prayers. God bless you and thank you for coming. I think we can move forward.
two or three witnesses who don't mind testifying that God is still in the healing business. Does anybody know that this morning that God is still healing? He hadn't lost any power yet but he's still 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 healing. Yes. He's still healing. My God. There's healing for your soul. Bless his name. Healing. Mm. Now sing it one more time so they'll get it. Healing. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Job. Job chapter number 13. 
chapter number 13, verse 15, Job 13 and 15. And then I want you to stay in Job and go one chapter over to chapter 14. So just, just keep it open for a minute. Job 13, verse 15, you know these words, though he slay me. Yet will I trust him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. And then Job 14 verses 7 and 8. For there is hope of a tree. If it be cut down. That it will sprout again. And that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth. And the stock thereof die in the ground. Yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth bowls like a plant. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, trusting God through life's pain, trusting God's purpose through life's pain. What a tremendous blessing it is this morning to look across this sanctuary and to see many of you who have worn pink to symbolize your solidarity, your concern for, and some perhaps your suffering with those who live through and who have survived battles with breast cancer. Today we do, as a church, pay tribute to and honor and thank God for those who have been diagnosed and who have survived. What a tremendous blessing. Thank you, voices, for all of this pink that you wear. See, since the child's over there decked out in pink. I see you over there. God bless you. Those of you who have received the diagnosis and endured the treatment and who have come out on the other side with a testimony of victory, we bless God for your courage, for your strength, for your faith to walk with God, believing that as you do so and as you did so, that God was going to work it out. Many of you know something about this walk. If it were not breast cancer, perhaps it was some other form of cancer. If it was not cancer at all, just some other diagnosis. Where you've had to walk with God, believing that as you walked with him, he was working it out. I've said before that power and the power of healing is something that ought to be shared. And you ought to make sure that your pain does more than just hurt. I'm going to say that again. You ought to be sure that your pain serves more of a purpose than just hurting. If, if all your pain is good for is hurt, then you're wasting its greater purpose. 
let your scars go unnoticed. Don't let your hurt go unheard. Don't let your worries go unwitnessed. There is good that can come out of everything that you've been through. If you are willing to share your story. You, you can be an encouragement to somebody else who's about to go through what you've been through if you're willing to share your story. Do I have a witness here? And let me encourage somebody this morning because some of you have been there and you've walked through it and you've come out on the other side and, and you can be a witness to someone else that the pain is going to pan out the hurt is going to end up helping. The struggle is going to produce strength. The grief is going to yield glory. Yes, the work is going to create a win. In other words, there is purpose in this pain. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but there are some things that you may be going through right now. You cannot understand the how and the why of it all, but I stopped by to tell you to trust God for the outcome. Because God knows, hear me, God knows, listen again, God knows exactly what he's doing. And sooner or later, he's going to bring it all together and everything that you're going through, all of the pain and all of the hurt and all of the heartbreak is going to work for your good. I know, I know, I know you can't see it right now and you feel like giving up or walking out or throwing in the towel, but I heard the songwriter say, be not dismayed, whatever be time. He said, God will take care of you beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. You've got to be willing to just trust him in and with your trouble. Oftentimes in life, we can't see how hurt and heartache, struggle and strife, problem and pain are going to come together for anything good. We cannot understand why God makes us go through things that hurt us and experience things that shake us and feel things that cause us to question even him and his reason and wisdom in allowing these things to take place. But as a child of God, you have got to trust the providence in your pain. You've got to trust his sovereignty through your sorrow. Trust his wisdom through your worries. Trust his determinations through your disappointments. And listen, I'm stressing here the idea of trusting God through it, not after you've come out on the other side, trusting him in it and through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear, why? Because thou art with me. Ah. Yeah, tr trust him while. That, that's what Job says in this text. He says, listen to it. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job, Job is saying, while I'm going through this issue, the issue, the pain, the hurt is not going to cause me to trust God any less. Though he slay me. While I'm going through this, yet I will trust him. Job is what I like to call and has what I like to call a though yet faith. A though yet faith 
says what the psalmist says, though, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no, though yet faith is what Habakkuk said when he wrote, although the fig tree has no blossom and the fruit has no vine and the labor of the olive shall fail, the field has no meat, the flock has no fall, he says, yet still will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Job says, though he slay me, yet I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. Though I'm sick, I'm going to trust him. Though I lost my children, I'm going to trust him. Though my finances and fortune are gone, I'm going to trust him. Let, let me bring it down your street because you're looking at me like you can't relate to Job. Though, though I can't find a job, I'm going to trust him. Though, 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 though the doctor called me with a message I don't like, I'm going to trust him. Though, though I got a bill I'm looking at and I know I ain't got the money in the bank, I'm going. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. I'm going to trust him. Though, though, though I got too much house and I don't have enough money to pay the note of it, I'm going. Y'all ain't talking to me in this house. I'm going to trust him. Though my marriage is on the rocks right now, I'm going to trust him. Though I had a major setback, I'm going to trust him. Though things look bleak and barren, I'm yet going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. Weary, yet I'm a worship. Broken, yet I'm a blessing. Hurt, yet I'm a shout hallelujah. In pain, but I'm going to still give him some praise. Though, though, though yet, I will trust him. That, that's a strong faith. That's a mature faith. That is a seasoned faith that has found out that God knows what he's doing and can be trusted in and through it all. If you're going to have a faith like this, you have to face life's pain with these truths in mind. Truth number one, God's goodness is not changed by life's challenges. I'll say it again. God's goodness is not changed by life's challenges. Job is going through the most horrendous, heartbreaking, horrific time of all of his life. Nothing could have prepared Job for this moment. I mean, y'all know the story, but, but maybe you hadn't thought about it recently. Job lost everything. I ain't talking about your problem right now. I'm, I, take your problem and multiply it. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. See, see, because the truth of the matter is, everything that we're going through, most of us can look at what we're going through and still look back and say, yeah, I lost this, but I still got that. I lost this, but I still got that. I lost, yeah, but Job looked around and everything was gone. Lost his family, his children. Lost his wealth. Lost his health. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. He, he, look, he didn't have anything left. He did have his wife. Thank God. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Did have a wife. Amen. We, we, we can get to that in another sermon, but he did. He did. He did have his wife. 
I believe in some strange way, even though his wife, you hear her grief saying, Job, why don't you curse God and die? I do believe in a strange way that even in that, she encouraged him. I'll have to preach that another time. She, she, she did. Because there's sometimes, listen, there's some things, people can say things that can cause you, even though it's wrong, it can fortify in what you know is right. <laughs> I'll do that another time. But, 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 but here's Job. News after news after news being bad news. Breaking news after breaking news. Can you see it? He's drinking his morning coffee. And across the screen, there comes a message. That there is a rogue of warriors who've come in and they are causing havoc on the north end of town. They've killed Job's livestock and taken his servants. That's all while he's drinking his coffee. Gets his newspaper while he's reading the news. Come across the ticker. Job, there's a squall line of thunderstorm. We don't know what's going to develop, but we're tracing it, and it looks like it could develop into something. By the time that goes on, tornadoes develop and crush all of Job's houses where his children are staying. Just like that, they are gone. He's lost his livestock. He's lost his children. Here's this man with all of the wealth, all of the fame, yes, and all of his family. Yes, yes, now, yes, he's got to prepare for a funeral. Yes, Can you imagine? Yes, Can you imagine this man, this man who has such a good reputation? This man who everybody knows is an upright and righteous man. Now he suddenly has to bury all 10 of his children. There they are, proceeding into the church. Us Baptist Church, you read it, it's not in the text, but I'm making it up. There was a man who lived in us, by the way, whose name was Job. And there they are in the us Baptist Church, and, and there is Job and his wife and ten coffins lined up. From wall to wall. People are coming in, being seated, to see how Job is going to handle all of this. Job's wife is in tears. His head is down. The preacher's done everything and said everything he knows to say, but before he could give the benediction, Job raises his hand. Said, let me have just one, one word. If I can, brother preacher. Preacher gives him the mic, said, Job, what do you have to say? Job says, the Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The text says that in all of this, Job did not sin against God with his lips. In other words, in everything he was going through, Job still gave God glory. Still gave God 
praise because he believed that through it all, none of the challenges changed the goodness of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen, life will get hard sometimes. Life's body blows will knock the air out of you, cause you to buckle and even bend, but understand that God is to be blessed through it all because God is still good through it all. I heard Paul say, in everything, give thanks. Give thanks in your pain and in your problems. Give thanks in your troubles and through your tragedies. Give thanks in your loss and your lack. Give thanks in your wealth and in your want because no matter the condition you're in, God is still good. God is still God. God is still in control. The psalmist say, be thankful unto the Lord and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. His goodness lasts through every trouble. That's the first thing you got to remember. Number two, number two, number two, remember this. Present hurt does not annul future hope. I say it again. Present hurt does not annul future hope. To see that, you got to go to that next passage in Job Job chapter 14, verses 7 and 8, he says, for there is hope. Don't miss that. There is hope of a tree. If it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease, though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth bowls like a plant. I want you to concentrate on those first four words. For there is hope. Job has lost everything and yet somehow he is able to hold on to hope. There is yet hope. Hope through your hurt. Hope through your pain. I've said it before. I don't believe that there's a reason for everything that happens to us. I don't try to understand all that goes on and try to correlate it and make it make sense to my finite mind. It's just too much that happens in the world that I have to try to explain it theologically. I don't have an explanation for why an eight-year-old is molested. I can't explain to you why a six-year-old can be kidnapped in his own car and gun. I can't explain that. I can't tell you there's a reason that that had. Y'all looking at me like you want me to tell you. I can't tell you that. I don't know that. But I do believe that in all of that, there is yet still hope. There is hope. There is hope that somehow in the tragedy of it all that God is going to use it for good. There is hope. There is hope. And what Job says is the reason that we can hope is because he said, I've seen a tree get cut down. And I've seen that same tree, even though it was cut down, I've seen it sprout again. Job said, now, now if a cut down tree can somehow start sprouting again. I, I got to have hope that even though I'm going through what I'm going through, that somehow I'm going to get through this. Y'all not praying with me. 
Job said, and the reason why the tree got through it is because even though it was cut down, it had some roots that went down that even though it got cut, it didn't mess with. I wonder if there are any rooted people in this house. Is there any rooted folk in here, rooted in the Lord, anchored in your faith that when you get cut down, they can't touch the root and I'm rooted in him. I'm anchored in him. Though the storms keep on raging, my soul has been anchored. My soul has been rooted in, and he says, and he says, watch this, and he says, and, 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 and all I need is just the trace, just a hint. In fact, just the scent of water. He said, it don't have to be a downpour. Just, just, just the evidence that is some moisture in the atmosphere. He said, and that's enough for God to, is there anybody in this house who can testify this morning that you didn't have to have a downpour in your life, but just the Lord saying, hey, I'm still with you. Just, just a little evidence here and there, sprinkle here, a sprinkle there, just a little tap here to say, I'm with you always. I have not left your side. Good God Almighty. Just a sin of rain is enough for a cut down tree to sprout again. And if a cut down tree can sprout again, I just believe there's some rooted folk in this house who've been cut down by life. You've been cut down by mean folk, cut down by evil people, cut down by unfair practices, cut down by systems of inequity, cut down from unfair policies, cut down by this, that, and the other. But when they looked around, they saw you sprouting up again. And somebody said, how is it? I thought we cut them down. How is it? I thought we got them out. How is it? Because <laughs> you don't understand. You just cut the trunk. You didn't mess with the roots. I, I'm going to close right here, but... I got a vine. I don't know what kind of vine it is, y'all. I got a vine. You know, I've been, I've been here now for 11 years. When we moved into our house 11 years ago, I got a vine in my yard. And it grows on this gate. And, and I mean, it's, it's, I call it a devilish vine. Because I don't care how much I cut it. I can cut it in the spring. I mean a good hacking. And in two months time, that vine, you say wisteria, is that what it is? Wisteria, whatever it is, wickedness is what I call it. That, that thing just, and it grow, it'll grow in the trees. It don't matter what's next to it. It'll just catch on and grow. 
and 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 the reason why it grows and keeps coming back is because I can't get to the root. As long as the root is in place, God says there is hope. There is hope for you who are rooted and anchored in the Lord. I'm through, y'all. I just need you to know this last thing. The end will be better than the event. I'm through. The end. Some of y'all miss y'all shout. The end will be better. They sang it earlier this morning. The best is yet to come. The end will be better than the event. What are you saying? I'm saying that some of us have gone through some horrendous and some horrific things. And it took our eyes off of the Lord and put it on him, on the thing that we were going through for just a moment. But I need you to go back and refocus because the end of the matter of the matter will be better than the event. Do I have a witness here? Though he slay me, I'm through y'all. Yet will I trust him. The end, this is my last story. Here it is. A few years back when my kids were still small. Preacher, remember this. We used to take them to, 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 to the pottery place. We used to make our own little glass pottery. Look for an evening, afternoon activity. We'd go there and, and the people would bring finished uh, uh, pieces of pottery to us that we would then paint. And we would sit there for an hour or so. It was a good activity. You young parents, if you're looking for something to do, this is a good one. Just sit there and let them go crazy with paint and put paint everywhere on the thing. And we're sitting there creating different ornaments that we were going to use for Christmas tree, this, that, and the other. And we finished, took about an hour, everybody finished their piece of work. Didn't look like much. Mine was a green pine cone, I believe. Somebody else had a brown cross. Somebody had a gold star. It didn't look like much. Just paint on, on pottery. The person came and collected those pieces and said, now come back in a week and pick it up. We said, all right. We went on and went on with our activities. The week was gone. We came back, picked it up, and there were these things, these items that we, were turned in, that we had turned in that were dull when we turned them in. But when we got them back, they were shiny. When we got them back, they were highly polished. When we got them back, it was something we could be proud to hang on our Christmas tree. I, I looked and I said, what, what happened in that week between the time that we turned it in and the time that we're picking it up? She said, one thing happened. We put it in the fire. Y'all missed it, y'all missed it. We, we put it in the fire. We, we had to put it in the kiln. We had to put it in the furnace. And the heat of the furnace finished what you did. He said, listen, it didn't look like much when you turned it in. But the fire perfected it. The fire finished it. The fire made it look good. And I'm trying to tell somebody, don't worry about the heat of the furnace. The furnace is going to finish. What God is doing in your life, it might hurt a while, but the end is going to be better. 
is going to be better than the event. You might have to endure the fire, endure the heat, endure the flame for a while, but after a while, it's going to all work for your good and for your glory. And in the meantime, the good news is, he says, I will be with you. And all you got to do is trust me. If you're here this morning, the doors of the church are open. You can come by letter by Christian experience as a candidate for baptism. As the choir sings, you're invited to come. I will be with you if you will trust me. Won't you trust him this morning? If you're here this morning, you don't have a church home. Maybe you've given your life to Christ, but you don't have a church home. You're invited to come. Only trust me. Hallelujah. Trust me, trust me. Yes. Can you say that? I will be with you. I will. That sounds good. Tell him again. I will be with you. My God. Hallelujah. I will, I will be with you. Yeah, Lord. Hallelujah. Only if you only trust, only trust. All you gotta do is trust. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Only trust, only trust. Here's some more good news. He says, I'll fight your battles. I'll fight your battles. I'll fight your battles. Come on, is that good news this morning? You don't have to get mad with anybody because he'll fight for you. My God, my God. Come on, sing it like you mean it. I'll fight your battles. Yeah, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh. If only if only trust oh, only trust
Brothers and sisters, we have Sister Jones that wants to make a statement. This statement will be really quick. Good morning, church family. Uh, Pastor Buckley, you hit home with me really hard this morning. You're truly a man of God. I love you. I'm sure this church loves you. I want to just make this really quick statement about an accident that happened two weeks ago on Sunday at Bailey and Watkins. But anyway, to make a long story short, uh, the gentleman is really, really ill. Uh, the family would have to go today to make a major decision. Something I'm really confused about. I've been tossing and turning over this. I go and pray with him every day. His mom asked me. Uh, I asked her, what can I do for her? She said, Evelyn, I'm too weak to go. I got a lot going on with my health. If you can just go over there with the rest of the family and pray. I don't know why she picked me out to pray. I'm not a prayer, but I do what I can do. But I know everything is going to be all right. It's a hard decision this family will have to make today. So please keep the Vaughn and Johnson family in prayer. The mom would have to make a major decision today. But God is still good. And I thank you, Pastor Buckley, because I'm just stressed and worried for this family. Thank you. Amen. And one more statement. I'm going to try to make it through. But uh, last year, the 1st of March, I was diagnosed with stage zero breast cancer. I got this call in the car, and it was my doctor. And, well, actually, it's a nurse, and she said, Miss Redden, this is the blah, blah, blah. I said, well, who are you? <laughs> and by that time, the doctor grabbed the phone, and he said, it's breast cancer. He said, you haven't done anything wrong. It's a stage zero. He said, can you come in to see me today? And I said, yes. So anyway, I went in to see him, and of course, you know, I had a biopsy. And you, well, you know I had the biopsy in order for them to, you know. So anyway, he said, um, he gave me some decisions to make, and I said, well, doctor, I don't know what to do because I haven't been through this before. And so he said, um, I know you've been praying, and you're going to make the right decision. So, you know, I told him what I wanted to do, and he said, I am really glad because you made the right decision. So I guess what I want to say is that on the 14th of March, I had um, the surgery. And then I get a call that Friday to say that they did another biopsy, and they had left us a little, and he needed to go back in. And I said, oh, my God. He said, well, it's okay. He said, when do you want to have the surgery? I said, can I have it now? <laughs> and he says, 3 o'clock on a Friday. So he said, uh, what about Monday morning? And he said, the nurse will call you early on Monday morning. So on Tuesday, he told me not to drive for 24 hours. So Wednesday, I hit about six stores in Madison. And then I had the surgery again on the 20th, which was on a Monday. He said, don't drive for 24 hours. I hit about seven stores the next day. So, and then during Pastor Regina's anniversary, 10th year anniversary, I was taking radiation because the doctor wanted me to do five treatments. I wanted 32, okay? In October, I was uh, cancer free. All right. Now. So, all right. But anyway, let me say this Pastor happened to stop by the house, he and First Lady Lucretia. And I told her that I had something to tell her. And she said, you've been telling me that all the time. And so when I told her, when I said something about mammogram, she called my left hand and Pastor called my right hand. And we just started praying. And he said, now, when are you having surgery? I said, I already had it. And he said, what? <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying, too, is that I, I didn't miss a Sunday because I told the Lord, if you walk with me through all of this, I'll be here. 
And, and Dawn passed his anniversary. I was out there for six Sundays, and I was taking radiation, but here I am. All right now. Amen. Amen. God is still able. God is still able. I understand that there's one more statement. Okay. Good morning, K Chapel. God bless you, K Chapel. And thank you, K Chapel, for all your prayers and blessings toward me during my recovery. I have suffered five strokes. And God knows, I know that I'm blessed and I'm well favored. I say this because so many people I know of and heard of had one stroke and they're dead and gone. But thank you, Lord, I'm still here. Not 100%, but I'm here. Good morning, church. Today, this young man sitting in the chair, today is his 26th birthday. Now, I say that to say, the Bible says some things only happen through prayer and fasting. For everything that's going on with him, he should not be sitting here today. He still needs your prayers. We still need your prayers. He's going through a lot. He seems like he's okay on the outside, but his mind is not right on the inside. Cover us in prayer. Cover him in prayer. God says when we get together and we pray, there's nothing that cannot happen through his power and his grace. So I ask you to cover him. Don't talk about him. He seems strange, but he is not himself. God has a work to do in him. And when he comes out on the other side, like Pastor said, it's going to be a testimony. All right. And I understand everyone is desiring prayer. I'm going to ask if you would just touch the person that's next to you. Touch. For the Bible said there is strength in unity. There's a lot of us in here that's living off of somebody else's prayers. There is strength in prayer. And there is strength when it is prayers of the righteous. Let us pray. Dear God, the numbers are large. There are many who have come asking for your blessings. But Lord God, I read where it said that the cattle on a thousand hill belong to you. And I read a little further where it said that we all belong to you. And that if we are faithful to ask, you will be faithful to give. Lord God, there are health problems coming here. There are mental problems coming here. Father God, there are ones coming here because there's confusion. Lord God, we know that you can do any and everything except fail. The pastor just preached about Job who said that maybe we will go through things. 
but that you are still God. And yet we will continue to serve you, Lord. Father, we ask that these who have come standing in the gap for somebody else, that you will help those who they are coming for, those who are that they are coming on their behalf. Father, the numbers are large, but then my Bible says that you have all power, not just in heaven, but all power on earth as well. Father God, we ask now that you will touch. Bless, Lord. Touch these who are asking. Bless those that they are asking for. Father God, we're not trying to do it for ourselves, but we're doing it for your glory. We ask that you would do it, Lord. Do it as nobody else can. Father, for these ones who have already been blessed, we say thank you. For these who are asking for your blessings, Lord, we say do it. Do it in the name of Jesus. Father God, do it right now. Do it, Lord, and we will forever give you all of the praise. We will forever give you all of the glory. Father, we ask that you would do it and receive this request in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. 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 Family, you have seen that pastor has left the pulpit and he's on his way to Natchez and will be speaking there shortly. Let's pray for his safe travels, that he do some low flying under the radar. Amen. And I understand that Mrs. Buckley is going to be going shortly in another direction to speak today. Amen. We're just going to be praying for her too as she moves forward. Now, we, this is a busy day for us. We just salute our women and men who are cancer survivors. And as you have been told, there is a special uh, event for you as you go back this way at the conclusion of services. Of course, we also know that we have our Sunday school. But I'm excited because we also have the head of the Congressional Black Caucus on her way here from the airport and we will receive her shortly. But I tell you right now, and, and brothers, you can be seated because we will have um, a special speaker right now. And um, more than, I think nearly 40 years ago, 50, oh my Lord, I'm aging gracefully. <clears throat> In 1980, I met Mike Espy, and he was at my house because he had helped me with the commissioner's race. And he said to me, Shirley, I think I want to run for Congress. And I said to him, wow, that's wonderful. So I have always claimed him as an outgrowth of my political involvement even though he's outgrown me, truly outgrown me. And when I got to Washington in 1993 and was beating the pavement, trying to get a job 
in the Clinton administration, I went to Mike. And it was Mike Espy that opened the door for me. And after he opened the door, I, I did a 90-day at, at Department of Agriculture. And then I went over to Veteran Affairs where I did the rest of the seven years with the Clinton administration under both terms. We have been friends forever. And I have followed him with his now very lucrative law career. But I will always accept him as my Secretary of Agriculture. Now, you know me. I don't do anything in a small way. And because he is running in a position that does not identify him as a Democrat, I am in order from this pulpit because I'm introducing to you a candidate for the Senate of Mississippi. Now, in our fashion, we know that when we respect someone and we honor them, we don't mind showing it. Right, Cake Chapel? So, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to present to you my friend, a statesman in his own right, a child of God, someone that I know can represent the state of Mississippi well. Will you rise to your feet and accept our Mike Espy? All right, we can do better than that. Mike Espy. Here. All right. <laughs> Give it honor to God, <clears throat> to Reverend Buckley in his absence, to my friend, my dear friend, Shirley Harrington. And she's right. We've been friends for years and years. To all of you here at Cade Chapel, give it honor to God. I, um, you know, she, she said that uh, people are going to here and there. I was here to hear about the last half of Reverend Buckley's sermon this morning. And uh, we were in the back, but I was listening. I heard him say that uh, fire is a good thing. Heard him say that, that that piece of pottery that he molded looked like putty. But when it was put in the fire, it became hard and solid and a thing of beauty. I, um, I, don't, I, I know I don't have time to testify, but the Lord knows what I'm saying. I, I told the Lord, in all ways, wherever I am, I'm going to give him glory. You know, in my life, in my life, I've gone through adversity. I've gone through arduous events. I've gone through issues and problems. And I always prayed, Lord, why is this happening to me? You know that I didn't do this. You know that I didn't do that. Uh, and someone told me, that's the Lord, why did you knock me to my knees? And someone told me he knocked you to your knees because that's where you should have been all the time. So ever since that thing happened long ago, I said, whatever church I'm in, whoever I'm talking to, I'm going to give the Lord praise. So I, I thank the Lord today for working in my life, making me stronger, making me even more peaceful because peace comes through strength and strength comes through fire. I'm going to tell you that, and that's why I'm running for U.S. Senate today. Kate Chapel, we have an election coming up November 6th. 
And do you know that the Mike Espy campaign, we're number one in the, in the polls today. Number one. We're number one against two Republicans. Against two Republicans. And then you say, well, that's two Republicans, and so that's why you're number one. But we're number one in raising money. Now, how can you be two Republicans, one endorsed by the governor, one endorsed by Mitch McConnell, one endorsed by number 45? It's even hard for me to even say his name. Listen, let me say number 45. And, uh, and, and beating them and raising money because people understand that Washington is broken. There's so much chaos, cynicism, problems in Washington. Every time you wake up, you say, well, what is he tweeted today? What does he call somebody some mean-spirited name today? And he's doing this to divert your attention from the real problems that touch and concern you in Mississippi. And that's why I'm running. I could talk about affordable housing. We could talk about teachers needing a pay raise. We could talk about the brain drain. We could talk about oppressive student debt. We could talk about farm markets. Surely we could talk about veterans affairs and agriculture. But I want to talk to you about one thing before I take my seat. We're waiting on Congresswoman uh, Lee. And uh, she, we were, I'm late because we were waiting for her. And her plane was late, so she is on her way. I've been, um, this weekend, I've been working with the Congressional Black Caucus. So over in Greenville, we had Terry Sewell from Alabama. You know, she's the one that helped elect Doug Jones. So I had her to sprinkle some, some magic dust on me, you know. Because <laughs> without Terry Sewell, there would not be Doug Jones in the Senate. And then Cedric, Cedric Richmond from Louisiana came over. He's the chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus. So he met me yesterday in Greenville and Terry Sewell met us in Cleveland. And we campaigned with Congressman Benny Thompson uh, all this weekend. And this today was going to be Sheila Jackson Lee, who, uh, who, who might be coming in, maybe, if, if I could see well. But I want to tell you one thing. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Day in K Chapel. Let me tell you about one thing that concerns all of us, the, the breast cancer survivors, all of you who might have hypertension, uh, diabetes, or heart disease, or, or anything. I want to talk to you about the power of one vote. And this is a true story. Now, I run for U.S. Senate. In the U.S. Senate last week, there was a bill put on the floor by Democrats. And that bill was to prevent the insurance companies from canceling your insurance policy based on your claim for pre-existing conditions. Now, what does that mean? That means that those of you who have cancer or had cancer or diabetes or heart disease or whatever malady or illness you might have had. That means that you have to know that your illness came about at a time that came after you took out your insurance policy. Now, who can do that? Lawyer Edney, who can do that? Do you know when your illness started? Do you know when that thing came in your body? You don't know. So the Democrats were saying, whatever time it came, before the policy or after the policy, your claim should be paid. That's what I believe. Well, guess what? It failed. In the United States Senate, it had failed by one vote. Don't you know that if Mike Espy had been your senator last week, 
that that bill would have passed. I would have voted for that bill because I believe in affordable, accessible health care. I believe in paying teachers. I don't believe that any public school teacher in Mississippi should be on public benefits at all. You know, at all. So Shirley, I know they have to go to Sunday school, and I don't belabor this, and I don't know if the person I saw coming in was the congresswoman or not. But I want to ask you sincerely for your prayers, because it's, it's hard up this road. You know, I, I, I look at my, my, um, my internet digital re, uh, messages every night on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and I'm getting some, some mean messages. Someone told me last night I should go back to the cotton field. And, you know, they told me don't respond, but sometimes I have to. I told them, because I know that message was not just for me singularly, it was for you. I told them, we ain't going back to no cotton field unless we own the cotton field. <laughs> Had another one. I'm about to speak. And I didn't know how long I would have, so I told, asked the host, I said, how long uh, do I have to speak? And, and, and it was, we spoke on a flatbed truck. And he told me, this is the host of the event. He said, for you, five minutes. And he said, for you, in a way that, that struck my ear in the wrong way. And, and then he said, he said, you see that tree? And then I noticed that there was a tree over the flatbed truck. He said, he said you see that, uh, that tree? I said, yes. He said, you see that branch? I said, yes. He said, uh, you see that, that rope? I said, no. He said, there's a rope there. And if you speak more than five minutes, there's going to be a rope that comes down from that branch around your neck, and we're going to haul you away from here. He said it. Uh, so I'm praying the Lord just protect me and my family from all of this. We got something to do. We're not going to be deterred by those mean-spirited tweets. We're not going to be deterred by those mean-spirited comments. We're not going to be set aside by anything I read on my digital media messages. We are going to win on November 6th. You do know that this is a special election, and I am a Democrat. I definitely am a Democrat, right? Even though in this race, it's not going to have a D because this is a special election. There is no D behind my name, but I am a Democrat. All right, now, you're going to see Mike Espy on the ballot. It's going to be the second race, and I'm in the second name on the ballot, Mike Espy. So I'm asking you, Congresswoman, I'm about to bring you up. Thank you so much. I'm about to finish. Mike Espy, you know me. I was a congressman for three terms, elected to four terms. I was Secretary of Agriculture for Bill Clinton. I am now the chairman of a nonprofit that gives home mortgages to low-income individuals. We give business loans to all low-income individuals uh, complying with our uh, admissions process. For those that make groceries in the service stations, we build grocery stores. And for those who are in, in medically underserved areas, my nonprofit that I'm the chairman of, we build clinics. And then right at, in West Jackson, in some of the high schools, we've been putting credit unions inside the high schools to build financial literacy. And now I'm running for Senate. I'm asking you, please, sir, 
Please, ma'am. We have 13,000 registered black voters now more than all of Alabama. If you think that you like what they did in Alabama with Doug Jones, you're going to love what you do on November 6th for Mike Espy. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to present to some and introduce to others the person that leads the Democratic Party. Uh, I was with you, Ms. Lee, 